the tribe The Sunshine Patriot in a crisis shrinks from the service of their country. The winter is coming. Did you hear the call? Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your thoughts or convictions, you must be prepared for the hardships that come with the winter. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Join Odin and Tyr and answer Winter's Call. Alright, and welcome to another episode of Winter's Call. So, we didn't put out a podcast yesterday because it was Veterans Day. And, well, we're back! So, I'm <laughs> Odin. This is Tyr. And we're here to talk about some weird shit. So, which one are we doing first? Are we doing the, the creepy one? A creepy food one? Yeah, let's start with a creepy food one. I never like fucking salads anyway, so... <laughs> you and Winter, dude, eat some fucking no, vegetables. No, I, I eat vegetables. I don't like fucking salad, bro. I'm not uh, a rabbit. Okay, okay, fair, fair, fair. I get that. You know, I, I sit here and when I deal with survival uh, gardening, you know, it's easy to grow lettuce and spinach and stuff like that, and it's important but in terms i i like to grow calories more than i like to grow health because in a survival situation calories will be the difference so you know you want stuff like turnips and carrots and beans and you know potatoes and sweet potatoes and more sweet potatoes <laughs> and lots of sweet I'm potatoes. a potato I'm a potato <laughs> so all right so for those of you who are completely lost the you want to read this article just a little summation yeah i'll go ahead and start it all right hold on to your butts people it's about to get (laughs) weird since (laughs) since millions of people have refused to get an experimental mrna vaccine they may be uh forced to consume gene therapy in their food researchers at the university of california were awarded a five hundred thousand dollar grant where they are trying to attempt to grow COVID vaccine-filled spinach, lettuce, and other edible greens. So, if you won't take it, if you won't (laughs) take it, we're going to make it. In the food that you eat and you buy from the store, you will be vaccinated, damn it. There is no denying it. This is why I tell people, you need to sit here and grow your own food. Grow your own shit. Because this, this is coming. I mean, look, what, we, you know, not even two weeks ago, we were discussing New York City with the little drones aerosoling their tests across different sections of New York City. And it used DNA <coughs> in one of the, one of the tests. So, so holy just, shit. Just, just, just to show you how much this is, egg, you know, irked me today. I have done really good. I, I, I've been smoking this e-cig. I've smoked two cigarettes since yesterday. This will be number three. But let me point something out. You know what worries me more than the food? What? See, in order for them to grow the food so that it has the vaccine in it, they have to make the vaccine water-soluble. At some point, one of those eggheads is going to be like, wait, we don't have to grow this in the food. We just put it in the water. Well, <coughs> you know, I have been prepping for this for decades and you know it's crazy to me because they sit here and i have been telling people 
collect rainwater. Well, there are places in the country where it's illegal to correct to uh, collect rainwater from the sky. It's illegal. What? Are you kidding me? That's so stupid. But more importantly, what happened when lockdowns first happened in Michigan? They shut down the they shut down the ability to buy seed and gardening supplies. Yep. Anything that they can do to make it so that you cannot be self-sufficient, they are going to restrict it. They are going to stop it. I mean, look what happened to look what happened to supplements that fight the effects of COVID nineteen or strengthen your immune system. They <laughs> regulate ivermectin. Them. No, not even that ivermectin. There is a there is a supplement on the market right now that started out as a medication. It's called NAC, and I don't. I don't have, I have the picture of it somewhere. So NAC is a, it started out as a pill and it was used for, uh, people who took overdoses of aspirin, believe it or not. Right. And they used it to sit here and help the liver. It heals the liver. It was so effective and had so few, it had so few, um, side effects that it was one of those uh, medications that became a supplement. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Why on earth would somebody take a supplement for that? Well, here, let me, let me help you out with that. NAC, right? NAC is used to help liver or help with the livers, right? Uh, with your uh, liver health. So... <laughs> it's a non-essential amino acid, right? Yeah, it's uh, N-acetylcysteine. But what it does is it sits here and the uh, wine drinkers uh, take it as a supplement because it's good for your <laughs> health. And not only that, but it's also good for people who have... Uh, uh, Cirrhosis of the liver? No, 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 no. no. Uh, <laughs> or to prevent COPD. you from getting it? COPD. They found out really? that it's good for lungs, and it helps people who have COPD. So, then somebody made this link, like two months ago. Hey, uh, NEC is good for uh, respiratory RSV viruses. It helps to uh, treat them, and it's a supplement. The FDA decided that they were going to reclassify it as a medication. So, it went from medication... To supplement, and now that it's been shown to be effective against COVID nineteen, now it's medication again, and Amazon pulled it off of its market. Now there are still places that you can get it, like they haven't like shut it down entirely, but it's getting harder and harder to find. Right, fewer and fewer uh, medicine uh, supplement companies are carrying it. Why? Because it's prohibited in the because United States. Because it's it wasn't. I just checked because uh, I, I remembered you bringing it up. It says that it's um, the NAC is banned but still available, right. which I don't understand how that. Well, they're okay. It, they, they're not going to sell it. They're not going to make any more of it. They're going to sit here and limit. Like, you can get a prescription for it now. <laughs> Who am I kidding? No, you can't get a prescription for it. But there are still places that carry it. Swanson Foods still carries it. Uh, iHerb, 
which is a, a website. They still carry it. Uh, you can still buy it. Some places you can find it at Walmart. You can find it at CVS. You can find it at Walgreens if it's on the shelves. But they're not going to restock it, which I think is incredibly stupid because people have been using it for as a supplement to help with their breathing and to help with fatty liver, uh, to help with uh, purification, all of this stuff. But simply because it can be used to treat the effects of COVID-19, can't have that, can't have anything that treats COVID-19, or heaven forbid, they won't be able to extend their emergency use authorization, not their approval, their emergency use authorization. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's well, another here's one. Here's what's funny. There's here's another one. Baby aspirin. Yeah, you can't find it anymore. Because... Baby aspirin can be used to treat COVID-19. For the longest time, you took it for people that had uh, issues with... Or were with, at a high rate of a heart attack. A high rate of a heart attack. It wasn't some uh, like not, not acute blood pressure, but something similar. I don't remember. It's, it's a lot like... Uh, did you know there's actually a male birth control pill? It's wild throughout Europe. Right? And it's, an, it, it's a natural... It's a natural... Uh, concoction that they've come up with that blocks uh two of your hormones and it makes you sterile while you're taking it if you take it every day but guess what happens if you stop taking it give it a couple weeks you're back to being you know fully virile again you know why they won't do it why <laughs> no money in it That's it costs fair. like it costs like five cents like you could buy a you unlike here where you can you, you buy condoms and everything else you can buy them like condoms in europe I remember when I was over there, I saw it, and I was like, why is this not in the United States? You could make a killing off of this, because there's no money to be made. We as a nation have become pharmacological guinea pigs. lab rats. Well, guinea pigs, lab rats, lemmings. It, it's <laughs> insane, and it's only the things that it, it, we don't treat. We don't, we don't push things that actually treat. We, we, we push things that Mask the symptoms. Or just treat the symptoms, but not the root cause. Exactly. It's crazy. But, okay, back to the plant thing. That is disturbing. You know, people freaked out about fucking GMOs. Do you remember? I mean, every year, <laughs> every year, I can pull fucking articles out about GMO fucking grasses or plants or something that has decided that it wanted to mutate itself in the temperature and kill, like... What was it? In 2017, it was really hot summer. And the grass, once it reached a certain degree, started to release arsenic. Wait, what? In a gas <laughs> form. And it, wait, killed, wait. it killed like 600 cows. They were just out there eating grass. It was really hot. And all of a sudden, the plants... It, it reminds me of The Happening. That uh, Marky Mark film, or whatever his real fucking name is. Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Where the plants. I had to organize. think about that for a second. <laughs> so like it's Marky Mark. So they, you know, and then you have you can't grow genetically modified foods in their in their natural form because they don't breed true. So they stop you from having a constant crop, and they're trying to get rid of heirloom varieties or natural hybrid varieties because I'm okay with those two. And, you know, it's easy for us in the first world to say we want pure seeds. 
And people go, well, that's a first world problem because we need the GMOs to feed the people around the world. And I agree. I agree. But when your government becomes tyrannical and you want to grow your own seed, if you are dependent on your seed being able to, you know, your plants being able to produce seed that are viable the next growing season, you can't do that if they won't breed true. Or if they breed something dangerous, right? You could produce a tomato that's a GMO, you know, genetically modified. The I'm not going to do the killer tomatoes. I know that's where your brain was going, but that's not where I'm going. <laughs> that looks exactly like the tomato that you wanted to grow. But it's got something wrong with it, and you won't know it till you eat it, and you've just killed off half of your town. Because you got this I'm huge still... abundance of tomatoes. And you want to pass them out and like, oh, the Lord blessed me with this great bumper crop. And then, bam. Generally, that's not going to happen. What usually happens when you get one that can't breed true is that it it either doesn't fruit or the fruit is really fucked up. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a low risk. But, you know, still, I would like I'm, ones that I can grow. I'm trying to wrap my brain around the fact that, the, that, that it was creating a gaseous form of arsenic. It might have been cyanide. Okay. Uh, like arsenic's like a heavy metal. Like it, it adds up in your body until it reaches critical mass, and then boom, you're dead. It's like well, mercury. They have, they have but, corn that they, that they grow to genetically copy the signature pattern of Roundup in the plants so that the bugs won't eat it. Yeah, no, pass. I guarantee you that if you've had corn in the past five years, Unless no. you've grown it yourself. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and even then, wait, wait, before you say that, even then, do you realize that Monsanto is so insidious that if they buy a farm, farmland that's surrounded by other farms, if they grow a crop of corn and you grow corn around them, legally, if they crossbreed the seed, and it they it genetically it shows that yours has bred with theirs. They can then take it because it's proprietary information. Well, I'd like to see them try that here with some good old boys in Kentucky. Uh, I don't think I don't think that would work out. They so do well. it all over the Midwest. Yeah, but that's the Midwest. They've only got like five people out there. Aha! Uh-huh. But that's my jab at just some dude for the day. All right, moving <laughs> on. But no, well, I, I mean. I mean think about this though you know we're, we were talking and i i don't we kind of glossed over it for a second but in order for it to go into the plant unless you genetically modify the plant to somehow mutate where it has the vaccine in it which should tell you that that's not a fucking vaccine but either way like the easiest way to do it's like here's an experiment you could do at home go out and get you some white carnations clip them put them in water and then you just add a little bit of dye to each one what happens it sucks it up in there well, if you really want to do something like that, all you have to do is find some way to make this vaccine or chemical or whatever you want to call it at this point, make it water soluble. Now you not only do you, can you put it in a water system, you can also put it in for the, the plants will start growing it. But, you know, I usually hate the whole idea of chemtrails. I really fucking hate most of them because most people that are on that trail are absolute lunatics and believe in flat earth. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going there. but. 
you've seen it in Dubai. You've seen it in other places where they've actually seeded clouds. We've done it here, where we, where they've tried seeding clouds. Uh, could you imagine how easy it would be if you if you found a way to make a chemical soluble and you could seed clouds, and then you're literally just mass inoculating everyone because it's raining, right? It's insane. And we've reached a point where it no longer matters whether or not you want to be inoculated with this drug. It doesn't matter at all. I mean, think about this. Um, I pointed out something. Someone said it, it was really weird until they understood what I was saying. It's like, you know, when I was 10 or 12, girls didn't look like that. Oh, when the you were 10 or 12. They didn't look like that. But then you'd start watching and they put the hormones in the milk and you start watching people are, you know, boys and girls are aging faster, yeah. for lack of a better way of saying it. They're developing sexually at a faster rate. And and I'm not saying that to be disgusting, but that's one thing. That's milk. Well, it's not just milk. It's well, yeah, but it's I, you milk get what I'm saying, and though. butter and cheese and... And the beef and all of that stuff. And yeah, and how like, long until they start putting other things in there? Uh, well, it, no, no, no. See, the point is they sit here and they want people upset that there's hormones in the meat so that you stop eating meat. That's why oh, Tyson fuck. came out with that no hormones, no antibiotics kick in their chicken. Because they want to sit here and say, hey, we're free wait, of wait, all wait, this wait. stuff. What, what was it that you showed me the other day? Uh... The vegan hufu, yeah, hufu. <laughs> it is okay, a human. You... Wait, wait, hold on. Let me let me get the picture. <laughs> <laughs> it, like you're describing this, and I'm like, I, I, we have we have officially hit rock bottom when it comes to uh, when it comes to food culture. Absolute rock bottom. Right. All right, hufu. Okay, check this out. You're you are gonna the audience is gonna flip. Do you remember that Charlton Heston movie Soylent Green? Let me to introduce you to Hufu, which is step one in the path to eating people. Hufu is a healthy human flesh alternative, a plant based meat product developed for vegan cannibals. Wait, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal Lecter suddenly found veganism. <clears throat> right, let me let me finish. The tofu product was also marketed towards anthropology students studying cannibalism and those wanting to give cannibalism a go without actually having to give cannibalism a go. What kind of sick fucks are we that we decided that we're going to grow fake human meat so that if you get the urge to eat your neighbor... You can use this alternative. Like a good neighbor, Hufu is there. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, seriously. <laughs> we're making vegan human flesh. Well. Oh, we're, we're fucked. I mean, I mean I, half the food you eat now isn't even. Like, uh, one of the worst things about going through culinary arts is I, I got to learn a lot about food grades. And I'm sitting here looking at some of these food grades that I see through fast food because I refuse to eat most fast food. Right. Multiple reasons. One, I, I, I learned that I don't trust anybody with fucking food if I don't know them personally. Um, <laughs> the other thing is I look at the grade of food and I realize that you realize that, that okay, like Taco Bell beef. 
Do you realize that's the same grade they put in dog food? Yes, which is why I keep dog food as a uh, survival food, just in case. And, and people it's, laugh it's at me. It, and keeps, it keeps forever. And people are like, why? Well, one, dry dog food has a shelf life of decades. <laughs> and so, canned dog food isn't that much different than spam. Just saying. Actually, in some regards, I would say that the canned dog food is probably better than spam if you get the chunks. Hey, 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 hey. Don't knock my spam. It takes. I'm look, not. I like. Is, I like spam. I like takes spam. It takes 187 cans per person, eating half of can per day to reach all of your protein requirements on all of your sodium contents is half a can per day. 187 cans per person is all of the protein you need for a year. Just saying. And by the way, people, if you think that it sounds weird. Chop that shit up and put it in rice. Chop that shit up and put it in soup. It tastes just fine. Slice it up, put it on, you know, put on a hardtack cracker. My wife has started to get that generic beef stew stuff, that Dinty Moore that has beef in it, but it's it's horrible, right? And it doesn't actually have beef in it. So she cuts up the spam and she adds it to it so that she can actually find meat in it. And then when she wants to thicken it up, she uses uh, she makes mashed potatoes and mixes the mashed potatoes in with the stew, so it's nice and thick. And put that on some cornbread and <laughs> just say, "Bruh, okay." When y'all come up here for the meetup or if wherever we go, I'm gonna bring some anasazi beans, a little backstrap bacon, hey, and I'm hey, gonna make hey, cornbread, do not cornbread not... and soup beans. You know my, you know that Mama Bear is gonna listen to this podcast. I love that. That is my comfort food. Do you know what my wife's comfort food is? SpaghettiOs with meatballs and Frito scoops. Okay, I can see that. I don't know. Maybe it's just a, <laughs> not to pick on you, uh, Odin, but uh, it just sounds like consistency-wise. I'm like mashed potatoes, that shitty soup, and spam. Like a mashed potatoes and spam, I'm okay with. It's that shitty soup that I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around. The, the Dinty Moore stew? <laughs> yeah. It's got yeah. carrots and little chunks of potatoes in it. And basically, it's just a freaking beef broth with some vegetables in it. And it just adds some spam. Because I like the salt content of spam. I really do. But I do not. I cannot eat that shit by itself. Like, I have to mix it with something else to, like, drown out some of the salt. It's just too rich for my blood. You're one of the you're one of those people that has to put, like, hot sauce or something on shit on a shingle, don't you? No. No? Okay. I add eggs. Oh. Ooh. All right, I'm going to have to try that now. <laughs> Fried egg on a shit on a shingle. All right, let's go. But no, I mean, think about this. Unless you grow it, you never know what's actually in your food. And even when you grow it, unless you know exactly where it came from, you still don't know what's in your fucking food. Yeah, uh, it depends on where you get your seed. If it, it wasn't, depends on, you know. If it wasn't for my father being so anal retentive when I was growing up on where he got his seeds and what he would get, like he would get heirloom, everything. He's like, I don't want anything modified. I don't want anything super special. I want, this is what I want. And I want it to breed true every time. And that's what he would do. Right. So now I, I can't even, you know, I look at Burpee or something like that. I'm like, fuck, I can't do that. 
Now, I have to go I, out I and get these. I don't have a problem getting trees because trees last a really long time. Having them mixed with the rootstock. Um, because trees are a 10 to 25 year investment, right? Before I have to worry about it. And who knows what tomorrow will bring, right? So if you plant a fruit tree right now, you're, even if you grow it so that they guarantee that it fruits in the next two years, you're still two years behind, right? So you yep. plant them now, right? Knowing that you may never benefit from it. Okay. You should have prepared years ago. I mean, I'm still preparing. Right? I still plant. That's one of the... I still... That's that's one of the things, like, I'm too used to being... Like, so you're... Our our ideas are, are are a little different, and I understand why. Uh, you're more sustainable than me. I'm I'm a survivalist. Like I, I I'm used to moving. I'm used to to roving, being nomadic. You're used to, all right. We got it. We got everything we need. We're setting everything up here. We're self sufficient. Good to go. Yeah, and then uh, I fucking move five years later to another yeah. <laughs> place and start the whole fucking process over again. So there gonna be people with fucking full fruit fields, and they're gonna be like, how the hell did these get here? Some dude planted them and then moved away. <laughs> Pretty much. But no, see, I like now I'm a I'm a bit different though. I'm not as big on the fruit trees. Now, I don't mind planting trees. You should always plant trees, especially, you know, trees that you can use for for projects or things like that. Or if you need shade, they make a great windbreak, things like that. I get that. I'm not as big on the fruit trees because I like fruit bushes. I like like berries, currants, things like this. That you can grow and it's, you know, you get something rather quickly from it. And it's easy to, like, blackberries grow just about anywhere. Yeah, I have wild black, like, I have a lot of wild fruit already in my yard. I have I have blackberries, I have raspberries, I've got wine raspberries. Strawberries? I do have wild strawberries. I've got... Oh, you know what I wish? I've I got sand so pears. Dewberries. We don't have, I can't grow dewberries up here. Mainly because a freaking rabbits just out of nowhere just decide ain't seen a rabbit all year. I had dewberries this spring. Hadn't seen them the entire two years I've been here, right? Got everything clear. It's like, all right, cool. Built me a little raised garden, put the dewberries in it, and next thing I know is I have 32 rabbits in my front yard. <laughs> they know where the food is. But yeah, the I bastards. mean, like I have dates. I have date palms that produce dates. I have fig trees, I have lemon trees that already bear fruit, right? And most of the time I let it rot because I want it to go wild. We get apricots up here. No, persimmons. That's what we have up here is persimmons. I have figs, wild figs. I have wild plums. I do have a wild cherry, but it's it's a Carolina laurel cherry, so it's literally poison as hell. So, so I have to keep chopping them down. We got uh, American Beauty Berries, which the first couple of years that I lived in Florida, everybody told me were these super poisonous plants. No, I'm sorry. That's the ricin plants that grow. And they're a totally different color. Beauty Berries are just fine to eat. You say that, but I know for a fact that we're both colorblind. <laughs> no, the way they grow is different. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say you could say they're two different colors, but if they if that plant looks the same, I'm still not touching it. Well, <laughs> in, okay. Check this out. In Florida, you cannot grow any grapes unless they are of muscadine family. 
there's something in the soil that kills them off, right? However, I love muscadine wine, though. Oh, yeah, me too. Mm. So muscadine grows really well here. And you can get muscadine hybrids. Like, you can get muscadine concorn hybrid, which, once they're established, go really, really well. So you can get all of the different wines, the muscadine wines here. Uh, and I have I have vineries all over the place. But Tit, I'm moving to Florida. But <laughs> they have this thing called a moonberry. Which looks like a grape. The plants look like a grape, but they're not a grape. <laughs> they're poisonous. <laughs> <clears throat> Surprise! Yeah, so, but one of the things that I want to—I don't know about you, but I, I could never figure out why Dad did this until he got a little older and and he was having me do the work for him. My father, when we were when we grow things, he would put poisonous plants in with some of his other foraging supplies. And I, I was like, "Why would you do that?" And then I got older and I realized that the world is a very dark, a brutal place. And I was like, "Oh, that's why you did that." <laughs> it makes well, sense now. Okay, this is my favorite. <laughs> There's a guy who you can pay that will come to your house and will walk through your house and tell you what plants are edible and which ones are not, right? That's what he does for a living. I took one of his classes. I went to go visit him instead of him come to my house. And I found this thing called, it, it's a plant, and I don't know, it, it grows damn near everywhere. It's a cat briar, right? It's, its scientific name is Smilax, right? Smilax has these tendrils that grow off the end, like the last foot, right? And you can eat them. Kind of like fern fronds? No, no. But we have one type of fern in Florida that you can eat, right? But but it's this vine with thorns on it. It's called a catbriar. And it's got these painful thorns. It grows everywhere through the trees. It's really easy to identify. And it only has one other plant that looks like it. And grows like it. It's a Virginia creeper. One is poisonous. The other one is not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, my son, I showed him what a Smilax is. And how to identify it. My son literally cleared an entire section of my forest from Smilax. Because he found out you can eat the roots like potatoes. And you can eat the shoots off the Smilax because they taste like asparagus. You actually prepare them the same way as you would prepare asparagus. Nice. And they're they're delicious. Right? And I love them, he loves them, and we and the funny part is is that Virginia creeper can be fed to chickens. So I tell my son, identify the the vines that are you know, that are the Smilax, harvest the Smilax, pull out the rest of the of the vines, and doesn't matter what the vines are, just throw them to the chickens. So then the chickens eat them. So they're going to help my garden after all. <laughs> Fair enough. That's one of those things, like, you got to look at what you're eating now. Like, everything anymore. Yeah. And you find out there's so many things know, added. You don't yeah. know that when they're going to put the vaccine in our food supply. Wasn't it not that long ago that mRNA was never supposed to be used for human trials because of the simple fact they couldn't keep the animals alive long enough? Yeah. You know what else is you crazy? Would think, you, you, you would think, think that they, would say something. You would think that they would learn about messing with the food supply when they started to put stuff 
and I forget what the chemical was, but it started to make its way back, or started to make its way into the water table through human feces, through our sewage systems. And this chemical started to show up. And it was for birth control, I think, right? And it started to affect populations of fish and everything that, that had any aspect with the water supply. So they're poisoning the water. They're poisoning the food. They're poisoning the blood. We saw in New York City how they're capable of poisoning the air with the vaccine. And they're doing everything within their power to make it so that there is no more American independent spirit and they don't want you to be self-sufficient. They're going to make it illegal. How long until they come after preppers and say, hey, you're hoarders, not preppers. You're domestic terrorists, not preppers. You're not a homesteader. You're running a, you're running a terrorist camp. How long? It's not long. And if I mean, and it's already happening. But if you doubt that, go look at the executive orders that have that Obama and Bush and Trump, all of them reestablished, that said that in times of crisis, they can come and confiscate your stored food supply. See, I'm one of these people. Now, okay, uh, how did we, how to say this and not sound like a total jackass? I'm one of these people that I, I refer to it not as, uh, not as a hostile takeover, but as a, uh, Survivalist shopping. You're a marauder and a looter. <laughs> okay, look, if shit hits the fan, uh, it's my people and me versus everybody else. My people and me are going to eat like kings. All right? I don't care about the rest of them. They're not helping me. I'm not helping them. But the problem that you run into is that when the government takes that, it's not going to go back to you, the people. It's going to go into the pockets of, of the elite and pockets of other people that they like. Yeah. That's, or, that's how it always happens. Or, like, okay, you saw that. I sent you that clip of that particular book that talked about when the government decides that it's a financial collapse and they're going to wrest the reins of power. They shut down the internet. They shut down the phone system. They make it so that only you you can only listen to what they say, and that they will control everything. They'll make ham radios illegal. Good luck with that, by the way. By the way, if they do that, and you have a ham radio or an ability to broadcast your radio, never give away your position and always do it when you're moving. Please, take this advice. When you're moving, and don't ever tell somebody where you're going, have pre-worked out patterns. Meet one-on-one -on -one with people to establish radio call signs in different locations via code name so that you don't have to give it out to anybody. And also, whenever you're moving, do not leave it on. Don't leave it on. Don't leave your cell phone on. Don't leave anything on. If you're going to be doing – if you're going to move along and you want to keep in contact with people, what you do is you have windows of time, right? Let's say I, I'll – I'm going to use you and me, Odin, as, a, as an example. Let's say you and I are trying to meet up, right? I'm in Kentucky. You're in Florida, so it's going to take us a couple days to get to each other, right? If we were to meet up, I would tell you, okay, look, every morning at 6, I'm going to turn it on for 15 minutes, and then I'm gone. Yeah, you have a, you have a pattern of when you are on and off, and you rotate it. That only mm -hmm. you know. That's why you have paper packets so that you have codes and that you have times. And 
you can sit here and say, okay, we're going to schedule C. And that has a different set of times of when you come on and nobody else knows it. Be smart about it. Don't let the government know. Don't advertise oh. your location. Because the they're thing. really going to try and shut down ham radio and silence you and make you feel alone. You are not alone. Be prepared. Get ready. Have plans in place. And here's something else. I'm going to show my, my, my asshole side here. If you really want to fuck with people and you really want to, to actually throw people off, tell them where you're going to go. The exact place you're not going. Put them on a different trail. Put them somewhere else. Never, ever say where you're going. And never make it obvious that you're going. Let's say, so I'm in Kentucky. Let's say I tell them, hey, I'm going to go through Virginia. Well, instead I go through ten Tennessee. Like you never go the direction. You always keep moving. Always keep moving. Always misdirect. And whatever you do, trust no one that you haven't already made contact with before. Right, right. It's that simple. I know it sounds harsh, but when it comes down to it, it's you versus the world at that particular point. And there are very few people that are willing to set aside their own personal needs to help you. There's no such thing as a good Samaritan. Someone always wants something. And now, it first, may not be much. The first couple of weeks are going to be the maybe month, month and a half are going to be absolutely bloodthirsty. But you're going to have people that are going to starve. You're going to have people that are willing to kill you're going to realize that society is only society because of the fear of consequences. And once those fear of consequences is gone and they know that the cops aren't coming to save you, you're going to have what happened in these towns in Connecticut where they went into the store and they loaded their vehicles down with laundry detergent. And one guy walks into a store and steals an entire couple stacks of jeans. Knowing that the police aren't coming. Knowing that there will be no one to save you but yourself. Get armed. Get prepared. Make a plan. Find your group. Now, here's the thing also. We've made comments before multiple times about food, about wild food, learning how to, to tell what's good, what's bad. You do not have to be an expert in foraging. Learn some very simple things like the cat bars that grow everywhere. Learn simple things. That you can translate wherever you're at in your local area or in the general area that you're planning on going. Learn these. You don't need a lot. It doesn't mean you're going to be comfortable. It doesn't mean you're going to like it. Because let me tell you something. I get awful fucking tired. I've done it before. Where I get awful fucking tired of acorn pancakes. All right. Look. They suck. All right. Here. I'm going to help you out. There's a website. It's called eattheweeds.com. He has a list of like 1,200 plants. Get a foraging book for your area and the area in which you which you want to escape to. Get those. But if you want to make it easy, this is what you do. You need 750 pounds worth of carbohydrates per person per year. Do the 187 cans of spam per person and then do 750 pounds per person of rice, corn, and beans. Get the white rice. It stores longer. I know it doesn't have the nutritional. and I get it. But it's a survival situation. 750 pounds. 
of rice. It's say that you have three people, 750 pounds of rice, 750 pounds of corn, 750 pounds of beans, dried beans. Now I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Go to the feed store, go look for the whole corn. They sell it in bags of 50. That is perfectly edible for humans. Just make sure it's not the sweet feed and make sure it's not the cracked corn. You want the whole corn. Get a grain mill. You can make cornmeal and you can make cornbread and you can sit here and you can eat it. You can put it in stews. You can put you could it also in. buy you could also buy cans of wheat berries so you could grind it if you wanted to. Right. But but it's I'm, not as. I was going to say, you want some variety if you can. It's not uh, – get the staples first. Get those three first. But yeah. if you can, grab you some extras. But yeah. So you're looking at 250 pounds of each of those three as your staple for your carbohydrates, and you won't starve to death. That's one year's worth of food just like that. To put that in reference, just in case you were wondering, a 55-gallon barrel of – uh. Uh, a 55-gallon barrel of uh, corn is about one-fourth of what you need per year. That's it. But, but just think about it. Like, and, and what's funny is after we had that conversation, I realized that I didn't. So I, I've actually gone out and I've started buying, you know, because I, I do a lot of other stuff. Just because I'm a survivalist doesn't mean I shouldn't prep some. So I actually have gone out and bought um, – I've got 200 pounds of beans right now. What I couldn't find was the corn because they were out. But I've got the rice and the beans, and I'll get the corn. I, I ordered it, so it'll be here soon. But it's one of those things like even even now, you can load that in the back of the car for me. I'm done. Let's go. Yeah, and, and that's the staples. Then you can use your forage and your hunting skills and your fishing skills to sit here like, <clears throat> like and supplement it. Yeah, and supplement it to add to it, to add the nutritional. That's why I do the 187 cans of Spam per year per person. That's all you need. See, I just, I just, I just don't like Spam that much. I I, I'll, it, I'll probably get it. Get it. I get it. I, you're right, though. Like it's one of those things. Like I keep forgetting it. It's not that. Like, it's not my personal taste. Trust me, you're gonna get fucking tired of some of these things. But do it. Now, one other thing, I know that you talk about the the Spam. Find you some all natural salt licks. Yeah, yeah, those are good. We went and yeah. got those when you brought those up the other mm -hmm. day. We went and got some because the average person needs 10 pounds of salt per year. So if you get a salt lake, which is 10-pound block, you buy one for each member of your family, and you've got a salt and mineral supplement if you get the specialized ones. Mm -hmm. that's not just but it's like the horse block where it's not it doesn't have any of the crazy stuff into it but doesn't have any of the additives it's just the real salt like it's got the micro minerals or and all of those in it that stuff is awesome and you just sit here and you just go up there with a little cheese grater and take some off as you need it fill up your little salt containers and you can use it for trade if you get extra ones you see you get these little disposable you know ziploc bags and Grate some of that salt in there, and you can use it for barter. Which, when people talk about barter, they talk about gold, silver. Mm -mm. I, I'm going to let you in. You can't eat gold or silver. can't eat Bitcoin, and you can't eat cash. can't eat gemstones. That goes away. So, 
There are uses for gemstones, but not 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 what you can do for eating. Not at, when civilization starts to reestablish itself, then yes, you well, can no, use I, those. There are some things that you can use them for that you you wouldn't you wouldn't really believe. Yeah, you know, like it's it's one of those things you wouldn't imagine. Like get diamond. If you find diamonds, you can use diamonds as tools. Especially some of your, you know, some of the diamonds that have the really sharp point. You can use those for tools that for things that you wouldn't be able to do by hand. They are useful, but it's not something that's the only thing it's worth. It's worth as a tool, maybe. Right. If you know what you're doing. So, so if you're going to stock to barter, here are my recommendations: spices, salt, stuff that's sweet, and the ones that will always, always, always go, always prep. To barter for vices. Alcohol lasts forever. Get it in the big bottles. Put it in the small bottles. Right? Get it in the small bottles if it's cheaper that way. It's not. But say you run across a bunch of the little bottles. Get those. They're perfect for barter. You can use them for first aid. For disinfecting. You can use them because vices. Cigarettes. And alcohol. Coffee and sugar are things that people are addicted to, and they will always barter for them. Now, you're going to laugh at this. Uh, one of the things we always talk about are, you know, weapons, ammunition, rounds, things like that. You know, they're heavy, and if you can, they're, they're, you, you should. But I've never mentioned to you what my survival weapon is, have I? I don't think so. I have a... Uh, a six and a half foot long Kentucky long rifle. Okay. I I have uh, over fifty pounds of uh, of prepared black powder, and I have all the tools I need to melt down any kind of metal that I want to make any kind of slug or round that I need, uh, ball that I need. And trust me, if you learn how to load, you learn how to shoot that thing. That thing will go forever. It lasts forever. It's one of those things I don't have to worry about it jamming. I don't have to worry about anything else. And I know that I can turn anything that I can melt, any soft metal that I can melt down, I can turn into a round. Yeah. And the best part is you can take a page out of the the Black Robe Regiment from the Revolutionary War and use Bibles as wadding. <laughs> yep. So my personal my personal preference are slugs. Fair. But but no, so, I mean, it, you got to think things like this through. So yeah, if you find cheap ammunition, even if you can't use it, but it's really cheap, get it. You can barter it. And you take it out in small amounts when you barter it. You don't want to bring out a giant salt lick and sit here and go, okay, I'm going to chip off a couple of ounces and, you know, here you go. No, they're going to know what you have. So you want to... You want to get Always smaller ask. containers. Here's something that I, uh, people don't understand. And I always hear everybody, well, I'll fight or I'm big, I'm bad, I'll be the biggest guy out there. It's like, that's not the person you need to fear. The person you need to fear is that quiet one. The one that seems like they're humble. The one that always has just enough. Just enough. Enough that they can get by, but not enough that it brings attention. But you know that you can go to them and they have just enough. So they're, they're not really a target, but there's somebody that you know you can tr- you can depend on to have certain things from time to time. Because those that are the person's people. got a stash. Yep, that person's got a stash somewhere. 
And either you find it and maraud it because I'm an asshole or, <laughs> you know, be that person. Never, ever, like, don't keep your stuff near you. I mean, you have to keep it near you if you need to run. But if you have a lot of valuable stuff for barter or things like that, do not keep it near you. Don't let people know you have it. This is not a time to brag about how much you have. Because there's always somebody out there with a bigger gun or a bigger muscle that wants what you have and has no, <laughs> no, so um, if no you problems have a getting place, rid of you. If you have a place that is secure and secluded, I suggest that for it, if they decide to shut it down and you're not in a city, wait to move. In an AMP situation, you have two to three days to move before people start to lose their money and lose their mind. Or lose their food and lose their minds. Right? And that's a different scenario. But in most cases, say the government decides they want to lock us down, wait two, two and a half weeks because a lot of people will be weakened and starving at that point and they will be easier to control. Uh, especially if you're a place that's secure. Right? And I'm going to say something again. It's going to sound horrible and you're probably going to agree with me on it. Remember, it's you or them. That is a different kind of world. That is a completely different kind of mindset. It's you or them. You cannot feel bad for other people. You have to make sure that your side survives. Correct. But That is same, your responsibility. But at the same time, do not be so attached to stuff that you're willing to risk your family. You may think that you're fucking John Rambo, but is your daughter, is your son, is your wife? Gun battles can go horribly wrong. Ask people who served in the military how fast stray bullets can go wrong. How fast things is the food that you have. And this is why I'm a big believer in caches, right? If you see here, is the stuff in your house worth the life of your daughter? Worth, worth. Your life, maybe. You may be so hardcore, you're like, yes, it's worth my life. Is it worth your daughter's? Is it worth your son's? Is it worth your wife's? Because the odds that they are injured or killed goes up significantly when they, the other side is starving. And we won't even cover the aspect of what happens to people who can't protect themselves. Hmm. Uh, Even I if will they're say not once, killed. I'll say one side note on that. Never be the biggest, baddest person in the room. You can do that now. You can do that and you can get away with it now. There's a lot of times where, you know, I, I've even tried teaching people how to do it now. Because when you're in a in a civilized situation, by being the biggest, baddest person, you can exert a pressure on people. But in a starving situation, in a survival situation, you want to be that quiet person in the back that's not bringing any undue attention because you'll be the first target if you're the one doing it. Yeah. So. And that's uh, – just think of it. Don't don't be Bosco badass. Right, right, be, right. Be Joe Schmo down the road. Yeah. Be what's known as a gray man. Just invisible. Yeah, that's what a gray man is. You don't want to oh, be. I thought you were talking about a little alien. No, 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 no. <laughs> gray man is somebody who's not black or white. Doesn't 
he's not the weakest, but he's not like he's not on either end of the spectrum. He blends into the crowd. Chameleon. Yeah, they call it gray man in the prepping world, but yeah. You basically become a chameleon. You don't stand out. You sit here and you have little patrols that you go out. And don't be afraid to sit here and meet up with and form bands with people that you know. If you don't know them, you're better on your own. And establish a relationship over time. Like bartering and trade and then maybe farther down the line you get into a community survival can happen on a short-term basis homesteading and rebuilding of a society or recovering through a major disaster requires people no man is an island you have to sit here and you have to meet up with other people you cannot it is not feasible for you to stay up 24 hours a day to harvest enough food and energy and water that you need to make it and still provide security and still travel and still build a house and still do shelter and still forage and build a fire and maintain that fire and sleep. <laughs> so eventually, you may be able to do it for a little bit of time, but eventually you are going to get tired and then you are going to fuck up. Yep. No, I mean it's it's terrifying, and I will say this. And uh, Odin, tell me what you think. If you're in a city right now, do whatever you can to get the fuck out. Yeah, because that's going to turn into an absolute hellhole. I don't know how many people go. Well, I'd go over. I'd go out to the suburbs. No, no. I mean that's nice and all, and it seems nice right now. But all those people, <laughs> think of this. Every time you watch a, I hate to do this. <laughs> Watch a B-rated B-rated zombie movie. Everyone goes, "Well, let's run into the city and we'll get all the we'll get all the stuff and we'll come back out." What happens? They always get wiped out because that's if you think that's bad, get a bunch of starving people who have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea how to produce food and all they know is they are they're hungry and you stand between them and survival. They'll eat you. You don't you don't even have to go that far into history to see what happened. Allow no. me to introduce you to an incident known as the American Blackout. In 1977, New York City, all five boroughs, lost power for one fucking night. And that town, in 1977, where people were more civilized than they are now, more willing to work with each other, in 1977, they burned that town. It took less than eight hours for that town, for that city, to descend into madness. It still holds the record for the most number of arrests in one night. The 911 operator system was so overwhelmed, the only thing that ever beat it was 2001. September 11, 2001. Was the only time... That it ever beat the number of 911 calls. There were fire. And it, the, the police just left. They, there was nothing that they could do. They, they, were so, uh, they were so swamped with the amount of crime. That there were areas they couldn't go into. And they had a record number of arrests. Even without patrolling those areas. Was that? Okay. Yeah. Now, now talk about this. We're in the 70s. <laughs> where we are, we're more. 
lack of a better way, we actually had more empathy. We actually cared more about law and order back then. Imagine it now. We've already got thugs running around in broad daylight, hitting a, a 62-year-old man in the back of the head with a with a baseball bat, and then six more jump in and start stabbing the dude yep. in broad daylight. Yeah. If you if, if you think that's suddenly going to change, no, it's going to escalate and it's going to be exponential. I mean, in the violence. You have the new mayor elect of New York City already in a pissing contest with the leaders of BLM because he sees the rise in crime and wants to bring back certain elements of the NYPD and they are opposed to it. They're already threatening riots. And he's not even officially in office yet. What's crazy is it didn't require a political ideology. They're yeah. both Democrats. One Democrat got replaced with another one. This one is black. He just happens to be a police officer first. I'll tell you what. I want you to pay very close attention. Uh, Odin, you know me. I don't like making bets publicly. I'll do it, I'll do it behind the scenes because I don't like betting on things that I can't win. But I'll bet you. If I was a betting man. I am. I just bet you almost a hundred and none. The second Rittenhouse gets either a mistrial or acquitted. It starts burning. They can't do a mistrial. They cannot. Mm -hmm. If they do a mistrial, they're literally just opening the doors for a, a, a super liberal judge to go get his agenda across. Or for it to be brought up in a higher court. It needs to be an acquittal. It needs to be an acquittal. Because anything other than that, and they can prosecute him for other things. Or for the same crime. If it's a mistrial. If they find him anything other than guilty, there will be riots. All over this country. Guaranteed. Oh, they're already talking about it. Yep. They're already they're already talking... Uh, what was it? They wanted somebody to... Jack Ruby. Yeah, I couldn't think of the name. Yeah, once he comes, I'm like, what's insane is you actually have somebody that's innocent. But there's that kid down in, was it Texas, that went in and shot uh, a bunch of students? Four people. Yeah, shot four people. He's out on, out on bond. He was out on bail, or he was out on bail with less than 24 hours from when he shot four people. Now he murdered them. All right, that that that's not even self-defense, right? He didn't murder them. No, I nobody mean, he, died. It, he assaulted them. What I'm what I was trying to get at is it's that was a clear defined attack. Well, he was the aggressor. They blamed it on that it was self-defense because he was bullied. Go a fucking backbone. I'm you just know, telling a, you that's their uh, story. <laughs> you about to get me back on my soapbox again? Damn it. Like, yeah, it's you know, what happened to sticks and stones would break my bones. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to talk me. about Rittenhouse in the next one because it's just funny. Like, we get to make fun of LeBron James, which is always fun. You'll enjoy oh, yeah. that. Oh, I will. I will. But I'm talking more about that kid. It's like, I hear this all the time where people say, well, I was bullied and that was my excuse for being a dick. It's like, so basically, because you were tormented, you decided to be the tormentor, which is basic psychology it happens most abused will become the abuser because they they see that as taking control and we have facilitated it 
That's not how you take control. That is a victim mentality that you continue to perpetuate. Yep. It becomes generational victimhood instead of someone standing up, taking the reins and going, you know what? No, I refuse to be a victim. I will be a survivor. Yep. But before we go too deep into that, so let's finish this episode. Be prepared. It's coming. It's coming soon. Figure they're they're gonna want to distract you. The uh, there's an election coming in 2022. Study your candidates. Study them now. Study them thoroughly. If they don't if they don't align with your beliefs, do not vote for them. Put somebody else up. We still have time. Right. If you don't agree with something, you need to write them and figure out where their stance is. You need to learn. Who's going to run this country if we make it to an election? But I want you to prepare. And I want and you to be ready. Have a plan and get your shit together. Because I don't want to see any of my family die. And I'm going to say something. <laughs> it's going to be a tearism. <laughs> That's what I'm going to refer to it as. Just being an utter jackass. And for the love of God, whatever you do, don't just vote for Trump. Or somebody that supports Trump because you think that's going to be the almighty thing that saves you. I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to the end of the day, a politician really doesn't give a shit about you. They're going to take care of themselves. So look at the people that align the most. And yeah, I'll actually say it. If the Democrat aligns with you the most in your area, vote for him. If the Republican does, vote for him. Vote by your principles. Don't be brainwashed into this ideology that you can only vote for one person. Or one That's party. how we got here. That's how we got here. Yep. So with that being said, thank you for joining us on another episode of Winter's Call. I'm Odin. This is Tear. And until next time, peace! Deuces, McNugget! Do you think anybody's gonna take the warning, or you think it's just gonna... <coughs> they're just gonna blow it off and go, eh, it won't happen in my lifetime. I don't know. The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.